0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to a New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, where we are interviewing the best minds in functional medicine. And today is no exception. I am really delighted to be back with Victoria Albina. She's an amazing woman who talked to us about her approach to GERD on last October. So go and check that podcast out. And today, we're going to be talking about using CBD in the anxiety patient. So Let me give you a little bit about uh, Victoria's background and then we will jump right in to, um, to the interview. So Victoria Albina, NP MPH, is a cognitive behavioral life coach, breathwork meditation facilitator, herbalist, licensed and board certified family nurse practitioner, and host of the amazing podcast, Feminist Wellness. She's passionate about supporting folks in a truly holistic way, mind, body, heart, and spirit, to reclaim their power and ability to heal themselves by learning to manage their minds, heal their bodies. Victoria, welcome to New Frontiers.
1: Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be back.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you back. First of all, I just wanted to say, circle back to this breathwork background that you have. Victoria recently joined our clinic immersion uh, for a teach-in. And if you don't know anything about that, um, actually, we, we, we could put a link on the show notes. But she, she just did a teach-in with my team, um, leading us through a breathwork meditation. And it was deep powerful and really profoundly meaningful. I think, Victoria, I, you know, we're kind of we're we're a little bit cerebral in this um in this camp. <laughs> and, you know, and we tend to talk about mechanisms and we have, you know, either geeky clinicians on or sometimes we have scientists talking to us about different topics in our clinic immersion. And you just blew the socks off out of everybody who was there, taking us in a completely different and really unexpected trajectory. I think a lot of the people in attendance were thinking maybe you would talk about the mechanisms behind breath. <laughs> <Aha>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah. But, instead I threw them down the well. <laughs> you
0: really did. You really did. It was powerful and meaningful. So I just want to thank you for that. And I want to We're So today we're talking about, anxiety, and we're actually, you know, we're going to be talking about your total approach to anxiety, but I, you know, you've been using CBD, and you're an early adopter of CBD, so we're going to be talking about that. And I want to say also folks that it's June, Um, COVID is a very real thing. Victoria is in the epicenter in Manhattan. And um, it's, you know, extremely timely that I'm having uh, this conversation with you today. So just talk to me about how you're thinking, you you know, kind of how you work your anxiety patient up, um, what kind of tests you might be running on them if you're thinking about things beyond the central nervous system.
1: Go ahead. Right on. So here in New York, uh, I do have the benefit of many, many, many folks will just present and say, I'm anxious. Yeah. So that, you know, to some degree is, is really helpful because they, uh, they recognize it. It's such a pervasive part of, well, in one way, pre-COVID city life and in this new way, current COVID city life. Um, Yeah. The root causes are Well, they're different, but they're also the same, right? Perhaps we could say the presenting stressors are different. Uh, I think the root causes fear of uncertainty, fear of losing control, fear of fear, um, fear Mm. of feeling our feelings. Being worried we won't be able to handle our feelings, right. Um, right, unprocessed grief, unprocessed trauma, unprocessed loss, insecure attachments, anxious attachments, childhood trauma, right, all these things that can underlie anxiety have the focus has simply shifted during COVID away from, you know, will I get that raise and that promotion? And I don't know if my boss likes me and
0: dating and
1: all those things, oh, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: right? Yeah, that's right. But, but I would say the physical volume <laughs> has turned way, way up. up.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I spoke about some of those, um, the situational, the psychosocial underliers. But of course, I'm always going to look at, uh, I'm always going to use the polyvagal theory and that lens, which we can dive into. I'm always going to work up thyroid, iron, vitamin D levels. I'm always going to look at gut, right? And I'm going to look at that, the HPA access. I'm going to ask, what are the adrenals doing here? What's going on with the sex hormones? And of course, always back to lifestyle, lifestyle A number one. I know when I was really, really anxious, I... (laughs) It's sort of funny to look back on my early 20s. I was simultaneously chugging coffee because, you know, I was in grad school and I was broke and coffee's cheap and I'm also from Latin America and we just drink a ton of coffee and, (laughs) right, it fills your belly. It's quick. And then, golly, on my fourth cup, shockingly, I was a lot more anxious, but I didn't. But, like, who puts that together on their own at 24? (laughs) So really looking at all of those lifestyle factors, um, even things that people don't think about that I see so pervasively in a city like New York, like having two to three cocktails and then waking up anxious the next day. You're Mm. not hungover, but you're anxious, right? It's that different kind of post-alcohol effect. Um, So all those sorts of things, sugar, all the nutrition points, sugar, gluten, dairy, corn, soy, um, looking at how those things are affecting the physiology as well.
0: How much of this are you getting in your history versus using labs? I mean, are you leaning, I mean, just just from your background, I don't think you're leaning heavily on labs. You're doing a lot of really careful history taking. Is that true? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I am a asker of many, many, many questions. And um, the more fearless I've gotten about really getting, just to say it plainly, all up in my patient's grill, the better their outcomes are, right? So really being like, no, 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 babe, how many drinks do you have a night? Like, let's get real honest right now, Yeah. right? Um, Yeah, so history first, really, really in-depth question asking. And that question asking has to, in my opinion, has to come with a guilt-free, shame-free, stigma-free framework. Yes. Because if someone thinks you're going to judge them for being like, yeah, I mean, I do have four or five cups of coffee a day. You know, I don't sleep well. So I wake up tired and I'm anxious because I'm tired. So then I have a shot of espresso and then I get to the office and I have like free coffee and I'm like so rushed. I have a second cup and then a third, et cetera, et cetera. And like, yeah, I'll have a Red Bull and vodka out at night. Mm -hmm. And if they think you're going to judge them or shame them or have any opinion about any of that other than like, yeah, I hear you. Totally, right? Totally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're not going to be honest. And then, right. yes, you're going to
0: fall down a lab's
1: rabbit hole and start chasing numbers that may
0: nor may not be there. What kind of coping behaviors are you seeing now in this socially distant, isolated um, COVID world?
1: Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of buffering, um, which is a term that comes from the psychological literature in the 70s, um, a way to push away our feelings using pretty much anything we can to distract our brains, give us a wee hit of dopamine, and keep us from feeling a challenging feeling for the moment. Um, colloquially, it's often called numbing out or binging on Netflix or you know, second pint of ice cream, right. It, right? And it has its place when we think about, again, trauma and stress and anxiety. If you don't have other tools to support yourself and the skills to help yourself come back into ventral vagal, that part of the nervous system where we are calm, feel safe, secure, social, it actually can be healthy to numb out and buffer as a protective mechanism, But like everything else it it just has its balance
0: right yeah yeah i got it oh god you know you've just said so much (laughs) extremely useful stuff i'd love to go through each of these um but you know anything that comes up as you know it it, it, so you're doing this big lifestyle intervention of course you're couching this whole journey that you take with these people in a really authentic non-judgmental safe space which is which is beautiful um, and powerful. Um, What, so just, I guess, being who I am, I can't (laughs) help but ask, you know, what are the few labs that are indispensable for you? Thyroid, thyroid, thyroid. Okay.
1: Thyroid, thyroid. And I, I make pretty much every, well, I make no one do nothing. My patients are adults. I lovingly invite my patients to do a stool test. Okay. And sometimes they grumble about it, but generally they get it.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So those are the two. Those are the two. A good thyroid panel. I'm sure yes. Full panel. Thorough. Are, thorough. What are your numbers? What I mean, excuse me. What are the What are the analytes you're looking for on your thyroid panel?
1: TSH. T4, T3, free T3, free T4. This is where my little lisp comes out when I say free T3. And <laughs> free T4, uh, TPO, and then I'll just get
0: TSI on new folks, mostly as a CYA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So good standard panel. You can calculate ratios and yep. kind of do what you need to do there. Okay. And then you'll do a stool test and just see what comes up. I, If I'm allowed
1: to pick a third, iron. Sure. Because anemia is exhausting, which is then going <laughs> to shunt you back to the coffee, rinse and repeat.
0: Yes. And you're going to just assume HPA axis is out of whack, I would imagine, in some folks. And then in others, you might evaluate.
1: Yeah. I would. You know, I'm always conscientious of time and effort and money. Yes. Um, Right. So I'll start with, like, the CBC and the iron and the vitamin D and the B12, MMA, folate, right? Those things I can get. Through insurance, really easily um, work up the gut, and because there's so much concurrent, like the concurrent IBS kind of SIBO situations, yes, um, which makes sense again if we think about polyvagal and right sympathetic innervation, and then if that's not really getting us anywhere. That's when I'll, I'll bring in, yeah, the adrenal testing, sex hormone testing. But I'll also start ashwagandha, passion
0: flower, right? Those, the adaptogens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, I want to just remind folks that I had a really nice conversation with Victoria um, on, in October on, on, on GERD, and, you know, it, there's definitely a strong overlap here. So, yes. um, and we are, in, and I wanted to ask you about, you know, using CBD in this protocol and, you just, we were talking about it before, and you just mentioned, yeah, CBD is yeah. also really good for GERD. Um, I can't remember if you mentioned it, though, in that conversation. I don't think that, I don't know that you did. I don't know. I
1: think your listeners will have to uh, have go to back and, and they'll have to start. go, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should remember all of it. Um, So you've cast this wide net, you're doing lifestyle interventions. Maybe I want, so I'm curious about your using CBD and and, and how you actually stratify for who's going to be someone who responds to using CBD. But I also, when you answer this question, I do, I wanna hear about your, you know, some of your your overarching approach, just given that you've got this really, this unique background. Um, So the anxiety patient in general, and then stratifying for that CBD appropriate. Um, person
1: sure so anxiety in general a number one that amazing exam B number two labs look at nutrition because what's going in is gonna come out somehow Um, looking at other habits right so circadian rhythm movement stress like how is stress being managed always within the framework of we can't get rid of stress Like that's not, that's not possible. We can learn new skills to manage it. And so that's when I bring in the CBT and positive psychology and somatic life coaching work that I do and bring that counseling piece in. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something I get into a ton of detail about over on my podcast for if folks want to learn more about, you know, we were talking about buffering and I do wish we had a whole hour to talk about that, but Mm -hmm. Um, So really looking at the ways people are thinking about their stress, understanding that about 20% of our lived experience on this planet is the result of a cognition. So you have a thought which creates a feeling in your body. Those molecules of emotion float around within you, creating that feeling state, that vibration. And then you take action based on that feeling and create a result in your life. And so if the thought is one about you know, I need to control everything in my life or we're doomed. A patient actually said that to me this morning, right? Right. I feel like I need to control everything my kids do or we're all going to get COVID and die. Mm. Like that extreme. Um, Definitely not judging that, right? But just saying. It's terrifying. Um, Yeah, yeah. And New York's an an extra special place to be (laughs) right now for sure. But so, yeah, so really supporting – patients and clients to really take a good look at their habitual thought patterns because your thoughts will keep you stuck in those same old feeling patterns, right? That's how the monkey mind works. And so I'll bring in a lot of the tips and tricks from Buddhism of meditation and mindfulness and becoming your own watcher to see your own thoughts and how they're creating those feelings. One of the things I always talk about is how vital it is to give our patients a bridge. So in our GERD conversation, we were talking about how vital lifestyle is. And I believe I said something similar to, I'll paraphrase myself, it's really hard to do a downward dog if your mouth fills with acid. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So like, yes, encourage your patient to do the yoga. But like, who's going to go to the yoga when you're so anxious you can barely sit still?
0: That's right. Well, this patient that you just described if yeah. she's worried her kids are gonna die. I mean, right. You're, you're yeah, you're indeed, you're not gonna be moving into um of the bliss of yoga. It's gonna be <laughs> virtually impossible. Yeah, that's an extremely exactly. good point.
1: Yeah. So that's when I'll bring the CBD in. So as a way to give that patient a bridge because it really so the beauty of it is that so little does so much. And it has mm. such a short half-life. It works so fast and phew, it's well, gone.
0: That's great. But you're going. So you would do. You would administer it. The, the The form that you're going to use is going to be contingent on, like, do they need it immediately or? Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um. Do you? I mean, so there's a there's a good arsenal of interventions. We've got theanine. You know, you mentioned passion flower. There's a lot of beautiful. Yeah. Anxiety. Lavella. Lavella is is brilliant actually that's right that's right so what's the what's going to clue you to going to cbd um as you're starting my
1: favorite favorite patient to just jump right to cbd with is the anxiety and sleep which is as i was saying earlier is often where this cycle starts that people either can't fall asleep or wake up in the middle of the night wake up exhausted you know, they're not going to take a B12 shot in the morning. <laughs> they're going to take an espresso shot. And then, boom, we're restarting that that cycle of caffeine all day, alcohol in the evening, not sleeping well, etc. So again, a bridge towards the lifestyle stuff. CBD is amazing, particularly um, for folks who wake in the middle of the night. So there's little else that works and less with evidence for those who wake and can't get back to sleep. So dosing CBD in the middle of the night is super vital. um, And it can sometimes be like a very, very, very small amount. uh, And I've seen phenomenal results, um, especially for those for whom this waking in the night is episodic. So two to three, sometimes four nights a week, and it's just so nice to say, "Oh yeah, I have something for that, mm-hmm. and my patients respond really well to it so oh,
0: that's good so yeah. it seems to me right now, given the climate that we're in, and i I mean <laughs> the application obviously for this is probably most of our anxiety mm-hmm. patients are are gonna benefit from it, maybe not yeah. forever, but for a period of time and especially in this in the post COVID world. Incidentally, the statistic you and I were talking about, I think seventy percent of Americans are stressed oh, wow. out. Yeah. Jeepers. As a result of the virus. Yeah, that was a yeah a survey yeah. that Washington Post just wow. conducted recently. 70%. I know, 70%. Yeah, and one wow. of the things that I've seen, you, you and I were talking about my mom. Sorry, yeah. mom, I hope you don't mind if you <laughs> <still> probably <laughs> listen to this. But but also our patients' um, hypertension. Yep. I mean, it would be interesting to actually see the incidence of, uh, yeah. or the increase in hypertension.
1: Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, it, so, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, just it makes me think of another time I always choose CBD is when inflammation's an issue.
0: Okay, all right, and yeah. talk about
1: why. Yeah, so I think i describe it as like, if fish oil was fast acting, <laughs> it would be this, like uh-huh. a acute onset fish oil. So um, when you're anxious and there's also evidence of inflammation, like a diagnosed inflammatory condition, when weight's in an issue in any direction, joint pain not associated with specific overuse, um, GI symptoms in general, for me, are a good inflammatory clue, um, and then, like that feeling, like your anxiety, like bubbles up to a boil. You know those patients who are like, yeah. I just a little anxious, and then I'm a little more anxious, and then I just like explode and yell at the dog, or <laughs> yeah. just lose it. Um, I'll also, if anti inflammatories are generally helpful for that patient, like if they feel better with their fish oil, their curcumin, and they're anxious, either situationally, like COVID, or in general new yorker i'll that's when i'll choose to add
0: the cbd perfect yeah it makes total sense i mean it does injure the endocannabinoid system i mean is it's it's fatty acid at its its foundation awesome that's awesome that's a really really helpful pearl so then you might would you think then in you know the majority of our patients you know, are clearly not eating enough good quality fatty fish. Most of us are deficient in our omega-3s unless we're actually taking them supplementally. And so would that would that be another... And plus, they've got this anxiety picture that we're, right. we're kind of fleshing out. That would kind of be an obvious clue, too, right. that this might be appropriate. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yep. okay. okay. Yeah.
1: And that's where that nutrition evaluation up front really comes in.
0: So what about, you know, in... in how, how do you how are you thinking about dosing this? And, um, you know, I want to know about so in, again, post COVID era, lots of pharmaceuticals are being prescribed, you know, even here when we talk about it in our clinic. Um, so how, how are you dosing? What are you concerned about with interactions with other botanicals, other pharmaceuticals? Um, Or is CBD safe to use, you know, in what context, etc. So um, talk about that.
1: Yeah, so CBD has a lot of evidence for being quite safe. Um, I mean, the science is emerging, but overall, I'll say and I trust plants, and mm-hmm. having said that, there are plants we need to take care with, and you know those are some of my favorites as well, like the plants in Turska's formula, or poke root, mm-hmm. or datura. I mean, these are poison, right? But they're right. amazing plants that are so useful in the hands of a skilled herbalist, but also not without risk. Yes. Luckily, the story is really different here. There's a lot of safety around all types of cannabis and hemp products uh, and therefore CBD. And I think it really comes down to I mean, goodness, like anything else in life, it comes down to quality, right? And just making sure that you are using and you're recommending a really good quality product um, made by folks with a lot of integrity, really good scientists behind it, and folks who are really, really dedicated to, yeah, just quality and knowing what's in their product and being really careful with it. So that you know that you're getting what you're supposed to be getting from the label. Um, I prefer liquid for many, many reasons. Um, It lends itself to the faster acting concept. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I want a quick effect, I go with drops. Who knows how much of it's placebo, but I hear from patients overall that like, oh yeah, the drops work a lot better. So I go with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I will often start, uh, well, so for the average person, the European CBD regulating agency that regulates hemp and hemp products has said that 70 milligrams a day is safe. So I often start much lower than that and have my patients titrate. I do that for several several reasons. One, when someone's just walking in the door really anxious, I don't know what they're Phase one, phase two, like I don't know what their liver metabolism looks like until I get to know them and et cetera. So, not knowing what that looks like, start low, go slow is a great way to start. Mm -hmm. Um, I also really do it for the energetics of it and for my patient knowing that I trust them as an adult to know what feels like what in their body. So, our functional medicine patients, you know, we are often the clinician of last resort right? They've yeah. been to a thousand PCPs and GIs and psychiatrists like they've been all over town and they have maybe not gotten either the science or the love and care they need. And so when they walk in our door, every single thing we recommend, every word we say can be an emotionally restorative experience for them mm-hmm. to build trust in us as clinicians. And more importantly, in their themselves and their capacity to heal and to know what they need. So I'll say, hey, babe, start with two drops. That's not going to do much. But I I let the patient know, like, if that's not enough, take another two.
0: You know your body. Listen to your body and work up. And given the uh, you know, the fact that it's, the onset is rapid. Right. And the half-life is pretty quick. I mean, right. are you, so multiple times through the day or it's, what do you, how do you, how do yeah. you do Yeah.
1: So it depends on the patient, how their anxiety presents okay. um, right in the story. So pre-COVID or post-COVID, right. A lot of my patients say things like, yeah, I get really anxious before I get on the subway or for folks who drive. Yeah. Before I get in that traffic on 95 I can really feel it, or I have flight anxiety or sleep anxiety. So I'll have them dose it 10, 15 minutes before they head out to that you know, anxiety producing stimulus. Um, board meetings make me anxious. Great, set an alarm for 10 minutes before to take two drops, awesome. that sort of thing. Um, and so for my folks who wake in the middle of the night, I'll have them both take a very small dose before bed like last thing as they're getting in bed. Um, And then I'll have them actually leave the CBD bottle open and I'll have them fill the dropper because I want as little cognition (laughs) to happen. Right. And so it's all set. Dose is there. Drop it in their mouth and I'll have them sort of have a mantra ready. Right. Mm. My body knows how to sleep. The CBD reminds it.
0: Wow. Oh, yeah. That's it's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Good. Um what else do I want to ask you about this? So in general, I mean it sounds like you're really microdosing it. So it's going to be incredibly safe in this scenario. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I you know, so upper tolerable limits is an interesting thing. And I, I think we as a very Uh, thoughtful, thorough community of clinicians can take patients like two higher doses with appropriate control and management, right? Um, Just making sure that we are checking in with folks really frequently, maybe having them touch base with other staff in our offices really frequently while they're in that titrating and ramping up process. But I think safety is possible at much higher doses. Mm -hmm. You just need to
0: like, you know, be a
1: loving, attentive nerd about it, you know? Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. And what, and what might indicate it's too much?
1: Ooh, grogginess. Okay. Yeah. Hangover kind of feeling. Um, and then there's really interesting things. Um, so when my gut was a mess, um, I must've had some leaky brain. Cause I remember this one time I took Probably about two dropperfuls of CBD, and I'm, I'm on the smaller side of mammals and of human mammals. That is uh, pretty large for a mouse, but um, and I, having never done cocaine, but having been in the ER when people have come in, oh girl, I was like coked out.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, um, I huh. very, 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 like, it's exceedingly rare that that happens. A paradoxical um, reaction. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, oh my gosh, put the CBD away, pump the glutamine, right? Like, did all that gut healing work? And now I take it every day for the anti-inflammatory uses, and I take it at night. I don't, I don't really, before COVID, need help sleeping, but these days I figure, why not? hmm. So
0: if you're going, if you're if you're if somebody's titrating way up, obviously, we're going to be careful about the other supplements and and uh, pharmaceuticals they might be on. But down, but it, 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 would you agree? And, but then down at your microdose levels, it's 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 safe. Less concerns yeah. required. OK. But
1: even as you get higher up, it's not I mean, we can look at at um, cytochrome P450. Um but it's not really, I don't know, I don't see it as as big a, an issue as other plants, um, right? Like a St. John's wort, we're going to be incredibly careful about interactions. Yeah. Um, so yes, CBD can inhibit um, 3A4 and it can have an effect on P450, but um, it's not one of the ones I really... I'm sort of extra extra careful about good
0: yeah got it okay good um any so i mean are any issue with adherence or is there any resistance i find this probably not people are probably by and large pretty excited about trying it
1: yeah well these days right but back in the day i definitely got a push back um and i say this with love from like the boomer generation of like mm-hmm. Mm. Isn't that the weed? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I'm a a nerd's nerd, and so I explain the difference between the plant families and, no, it won't get you high and et cetera. And then once folks try it, it just, the payoff of it is just so phenomenal that, no, I don't, well, you know what? Actually, one thing that really does limit uh, adherence um, is the taste. Mm. Yeah, so... You know, a lot of them, and I don't know if you've tried any of them that taste just disgusting. Um, so some of them will have like a really strong cannabis flavor, um, and will mask it with chemicals or flavoring. And it's really, uh, it's in the the distillation process that you get that really clean taste. And so that's actually it's one way to, to no, know a something bad about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The yeah. So other. Th- thing to think about in terms of high potency uh well Uh so you always want a high potency uh supplement um because then with that you're taking less of the oil and so you skip the side effects like looser stool which can happen sometimes secondary to the carrier oil used Uh, okay so that could just be olive oil and we love our olive oil but it could be oils that we want to skip in general like peanut or soy or even
0: canola so read the label, yes. what, and, and ideally you're looking for, well, you don't want canola, you don't Ugh. want peanut. Like, so, yeah, so we're going to, if we use a good reputable brand, a company that we're familiar with, that, you know, that we trust, that we vetted, yes. and we're using clinically, they're going to be using, I'm a, they've got to be using a, a clean oil that we have exactly. no issue with. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And a high potency product means you can take fewer drops. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got it. And what would that be? Like, how would we determine? I'm just curious about like looking at the label.
1: Oh yeah. So usually it will actually say high
0: potency on it. And those are the words that I would, I would look for. Okay. Okay. All right. From a brand that we like. Yep. Um, and then anything now for me, Mike I actually kinda like the taste. It's it's sort of nutty. I think yeah. it's a good quality product. Yep. It I mean there is still kind of a almost a tannic taste yeah. to it, but it's I don't know. It's like it's it's very wo- woodsy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> woodsy <laughs> and nutty. I don't I, I I actually I actually kinda like it for that yeah. for that reason.
1: That's well, all the terpenes.
0: Yeah, right, right, for sure. And then um Okay, so anything sort of deviating from that and anything, you know, that folks are getting OTC or at the gas station or gas station here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's likely going to be crap. I know when I was at the IHS in New York City in February, there were these massive Times Square billboards advertising CBD for everything. In fact, there was a woman in the middle of a boxing ring (laughs) with her CBD product. That's I guess that bananas. Yeah. It was just so ran. It was just such a random odd ad, but it just, it was it, the heart of CBD and times square was, yeah, this past winter that was
1: strange. Really
0: strange. <laughs> yeah. Really strange. Um, all right. So what else do I want to talk about? So you, you'd have a little, are any, you're not having any issue with adherence or are you? Or?
1: Oh goodness. No, no. Once we get the good quality product, um, and we get our dosing right. People just love it and order it by the case and okay. <laughs> really, really stick with it.
0: Okay. Yeah. So are you using capsules or are you always going with a liquid?
1: Depends on the patient and what they would be more uh, more likely to actually take. But yes, I like the liquid or oil when I when I want that quick effect. Mm-hmm. I, and I think the driving story about why we use that sublingual is really... Um, Compelling. But, yes. but there are some people who just won't take anything in a liquid, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's when I'll go for a pill. Okay. You know? Okay. Something just popped into my mind. Other words that you want on the label, um, you want broad spectrum, not full spectrum. Oh, Those okay. So words, distinguish the- that. Um, so it's about, so you don't want an isolate. Um, you want the entourage benefits, so the other components of the CBD that are, like those terpenes we were just talking about, um, that help the CBD to work, that that bring a lot of synergy into the function of the CBD. And so you're going to be really getting that effect in a broad spectrum. Those are the and label words that are, that
0: are allowed. And what would you see if it said full spectrum? Like what would there be? THC or something present in it I mean what would be the difference
1: well I mean one of the things that's important and why we always use a brand we really trust is um you never know when there's THC in it if you're not using a really reputable brand um so the full spectrum is just not going to have that full uh sort of breadth of entourage benefits from the other the terpenes and the other chemicals that are naturally
0: occurring in the CBD Okay, okay. So high potency, broad spectrum, company that we really trust. Absolutely. Liquid for quicker onset, more control over dosing. Yes. Gel for people who might, not, or caps for people who might not be willing to take the liquid. Okay, got it got it now what if you needed to somebody's very anxious and you need and you know you're in that bridge period you might be thinking about a pharma a pharmaceutical but you don't really want to go there or maybe they don't want it i mean would you use cbd concurrently with any other um, botanical anxiolytic like you mentioned theanine earlier what what do you think yeah i i love
1: camilla sinensis i'd always go with a with a a good l-theanine 200 milligrams P uh, O P R N or T I D, depending on the New Yorker. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I love Lavella. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you're gonna laugh, but. I, I personally enjoy the lavender burps. I yes. find them hilarious. Yes, And I tell my patients, oh, when you get the lavender burp, that's how you know it's working. <laughs>
0: yes, that's right. That right? was that study that came out. Exactly. That, that talked about the actual odor, the little waff of lavender hit that you get with. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
1: And since it becomes, right, because we take these supplements and you don't always feel it, or if your trauma story, your stress story is, you know, such an important part of your psyche and your way of coping, you might not feel the anxiolytic effect, even if it's happening physiologically, but then something like the CBD oil having a flavor to it or that lavender burp, Mm -hmm. right, it can help to shift the story.
0: So I love that combination. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's a really yeah. good idea. Incidentally, we've got a I have a nice nice blog written on um love All love. your blogs are nice. <laughs> well, I I can't claim authorship <laughs> actually to many of the <laughs> blogs, but this particular one um I wasn't the author of it although I did review it and the the science the tables you know just all of the human clinical trials yeah. that have been conducted on Lavella um are very impressive yes. and comparing it head to head with valium and um actually i think ssris as well i mean just, just yep. good 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 research good science yeah it's those calcium ion channels
1: which let me bring us full circle is what happens in breath work oh interesting
0: oh, yeah so um, how, what's, how, Lavelle, you need to take a little bit longer. It's not as quick acting as CBD.
1: Depends on the, yes, I mean, physiologically, yes. Yes. Okay. It's going to take a little longer to kick in. I find that so much of this, particularly the mental health piece of all of the functional work we do is so story dependent. Okay. Right. And so if someone's like, Oh yeah, yeah, the lavella I've had patients tell me, Oh, I take a lavella and pretty much before I've swallowed it I feel less anxious. Ah, uh, interesting. And I say, Oh, great. Yeah, no, that's great.
0: <laughs> now coming going back to the breathworks in yeah. our in our final minutes, yeah. you it, you know, in I mean certainly things have quieted down in some way. So even in New York, you know, the volume there has been turned way down. Yes. Although Although then, you know, everybody's tucked away in their apartments, yeah. and they're homeschooling their kids, and they're working from home, and it's this insanity. I mean, that's what's going on here in Connecticut. We're sort of right. a New York suburb, and so we're seeing a lot of that um, as well. And parents are losing it. Yeah. And probably a lot is, kind of, you know, is as usual, falling on moms. Yep. So. You know, you're using some CBD. You can sort of dose it. Um, you can microdose it throughout the day, or use you know, or or, or titrate up as you've yep. been talking about. Maybe a little theanine, maybe some lavella, um, maybe some chamomile. Now, sure. what about like? Can you, in our final minutes, maybe just being a breathwork guru? Mm. Are you are you also prescribing any any quick breath? interventions you might do or what do you think oh about, sure yeah can you can you just share one of those?
1: Yeah so I love the four seven eight breathing or whatever sort of ratio folks use. So we understand that when we fill our belly and have the sensation of the belly being full of breath. I mean obviously it's not physiologically filling your belly with air, but that sensation, right? Like a big belly breath and a long slow exhale as we're breathing out more CO2, it starts to get us into that ventral vagal, that safe and secure part of the autonomic nervous system. So any sort of breathing that has that long <sighs> mm-hmm. is really going to help. And I remember my grandmother constantly sighing and uh, <laughs> she has four kids and mm-hmm. yeah, I, it was, it's a really simple way to help. So the 478 is to breathe in for a count of four, hold for a count of seven, out for a count of eight. Mm -hmm. And you can do that through your mouth. Um, I call nose breathing the surgical mask we always wear. So I've been encouraging folks to do these exercises through your nose as well, which is a little more challenging, which will, um, you know, what happens in anxiety in part is that the brain starts to hyper-focus and get into hyper-vigilance, which takes that sympathetic state your patient may be in and ramps it up and up and up and up. And so any simple breathing exercise that gives the brain a distraction, like a a healthy supportive one versus a buffering one, something to focus on is going to help bring them back into ventral vagal with themselves and to go more towards oxytocin rather
0: than dopamine. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so dopamine is going to kind of perpetuate uh, maybe needing to act out in that, yes. in the buffering.
1: Yeah. Realm. And the thing it's because the half-life is so, so, so short. You eat the chips, you want more chips. You right. eat the ice cream, you want more ice cream. You yell at someone, you need to yell again. Right? right. Cause you need the, the, another hit and another hit and another hit when it's the thing you're leaning on to distract your brain from your hypervigilant thoughts.
0: Right. Right. But breathing, sort of moving towards oxytocin. Yeah, and that
1: long, slow breathing out all that CO2, temporarily heading towards alkalizing the blood. Of course, it's going to buffer quickly. That's what blood does. But heading towards that for even just a second gives you, well, breathing space to calm yourself and to find that center, um, that grounding within yourself. And I have um, a free breathwork offering on my website. Is it okay if I share that now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you go to victorialbina.com forward slash breathwork gift, G-I-F-T, it's a present. Um, It's a 13-minute track that I made that comes with a little video that shows you how to do the pranayama three-part journey breathwork that I teach, uh, which is this much longer practice, uh, that your staff really enjoyed the other day. I was so gr- glad about that. Um, and I also have a, an online course, so you can find that on my website as well. It's a four
0: week online course for folks to do breath work with. Me. Oh God. Now, yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. Now's the time. Sure I'm, is. Just, I'm just, I'm conscious of my breathing right now and I'm, yeah. I'm feeling really good. <laughs> as we come to a close oh, i'm so I, glad i appreciate this i think we've gotten some good just some nice tools for addressing the epidemic the anxiety epidemic that we're yes. that we're facing um, even more uh these days so victoria thank you so much for being a good friend of our clinic and um our content, our educational content. I know you'll be back again. And hopefully not in the too distant future, our paths will actually cross physically. I would love that. I I think that would be a
1: blast. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, be well.